In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, following the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. Welcome to another episode of Strange Planet. Thanks, as always, for sticking me in your ear. And if you'd like to get deeper into Strange Planet, you might want to consider becoming a premium subscriber. It's real easy. Just uh, click on the link in the episode notes. Uh, that's uh, strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm, strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm. There are three monthly programs to choose from. Choose the one that's right for you. You get access to commercial-free listening, bonus episodes, uh, access to my uh, free monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum, and uh, discounts on Strange Planet merchandise, strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm. August 8th, wildfires tore through parts of Maui decimating entire communities and becoming the state's worst natural disaster. The firestorm ripped through the entire historic town of Lahaina, killing more than 100 people and destroying thousands of structures. There's perhaps as many as 1,000 people still unaccounted for. And it wasn't long before there was speculation online about something more nefarious going on here. This wasn't simply a natural wildfire or even the result of downed power lines that caused some very dry grass to catch on fire. Some were speculating the fires were deliberately set in order to displace the native residents there and pave the way for conglomerates like BlackRock and Vanguard and maybe even people like Oprah to gobble up the property. And possibly it could be linked to some sort of green agenda. We're going to get into that right now with Isaac Weishaupt, the Illuminati watcher. He's been uh, on the leading edge of conspiracy theories surrounding 
the elusive Illuminati and its infiltration of the entertainment industry. Using examples of familiar pop culture and works of entertainment, Isaac has been speaking and writing about the occult from a unique perspective that seeks to understand the big agenda while helping others along the way. He hosts the Occult Symbolism and Pop Culture podcast. He is the author of A Grand Unified Conspiracy Theory, The Dark Path, and Kubrick's Code. Isaac, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great, Richard. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. This is a this is a topic that I've I've dug into deep. Uh, I did a lot of research on this one because as you've uh, given me that great introduction, I've been researching conspiracy theories, the occult, the quote unquote Illuminati, going way back to 2011, and I've 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 been through a lot of strange peaks and valleys in the world of you know quote unquote conspiracy theory, and this is one of the sort of key events that. I think a lot of different ideas come together. And and look, I'm going to tell you straight up, I, I certainly don't know what happened. Uh, nobody does, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's arguable some people do, but I certainly don't know the answers. But I have found a ton of anomalies and red flags that I think, man, you know, and there's, 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 I don't, I don't subscribe to every conspiracy theory. Uh, I'm a little bit harder to convince than what most people would sort of think a typical conspiracy theorist slash truther would, would get into. But I've seen enough here that I'm going to keep an eye on this on this case as it sort of unfolds, because there's a lot we can get into today. Right. And, and again, just because something and of course, the uh, the mainstream media immediately dismisses anything uh, that um, uh, wherever the term conspiracy is used, uh, conspiracies exist, as you well know, they've happened in the past. They happen to this day. Uh, so simply by labeling something a conspiracy theory doesn't mean we should dismiss it out of hand, although uh, we have to you know, examine such cases um, on, on the merits of their evidence. So what are some of the red flags uh, that jumped out at you immediately when you saw this devastation, this apocalyptic scene? There, there's a handful of sort of one-off anomalies, and then there's bigger conversations uh, like the the theory about real estate which is the one that i lean on the heaviest and then there's occult symbolism of the date august 8th and as it ties into heavy duty occult concepts like the star sirius which is a, a freemasonic blazing star uh lion's gate all kinds of stuff so we're we're uh, i'd propose that we'd like to sort of touch on all these things yeah and to start out i would like to get into some of the anomalies uh and and of course I, I'm sure I can speak for you. You know, of course, thoughts and prayers to all the the people that that are suffering. I mean, it's like uh, it's horrific, right? I, I hate to even when when things like this happen. I hate to even it, it feels sleazy in a way for me to immediately jump on and be like, oh, what's the conspiracy, right? Because that's what I what I research, right? That's what I do. And when it first happened, I thought, I thought, okay, here's this horrible fire, and and. My wife and I, we went to Maui on our 10th anniversary. Like many people, fell in love with Maui. I mean, it's like the most magical place. So, and we loved it so much, we immediately booked a trip to come back the next year. So we've been there twice. And when I saw it happen, I mean, devastating, right? And then I saw almost immediately a lot of conspiracy theories coming across on my feed. And I thought, ah, come on, guys, like, does everything have to be a conspiracy? Like, I always, I always have to sort of play this weird negotiation in my mind of like do i go down this path or do i just sort of let a tragedy be a tragedy and let people sort of you know deal with what they got to deal with 
but then the more I researched, the more I leaned towards, yeah, this is a something that we need to at least someone needs to be watching the the conspiracy ideas and watching the the powers that be, the elites or whatever you want to call this Illuminati group. And that that's ultimately where I where I I, I sort of give up to is say, okay, I'm gonna present the theories in a, a as tasteful manner as I possibly can. And let's start with the anomalies, right? But anyways, I just wanted to throw out there, like, of course, the thoughts and prayers for all the, yes, the people going course. through this, right? I um, and I appreciate I appreciate you know the reservation and jumping to a conspiracy, although um I don't think you know we need apologize because if there was a crime committed, uh, and a crime often is a conspiracy, as long as there's more than one person involved, you have a, a criminal conspiracy, uh, then, you know, I think the pursuit of of truth and investigating and maybe ultimately hoping that we're wrong, I don't think there's, you know, any need to apologize. We're, it, it's the same when uh, during 9-11 and people saying that by claiming there may be an inside job that you're doing a disservice to the victims. And I always said, no, no. Uh, the pursuit of truth need, need never apologize. You're honoring the victims if you're if you're trying to find out what truly happened, and and examining it from all angles. Like I think a good homicide detective ultimately is a conspiracy theorist, or a good investigative journalist has to be a, a conspiracy theorist. They have to figure out and eliminate all possibilities. Uh, could this have been a crime? Uh, and if so, you know who benefits and so forth. And that's all really that we're doing i think it honors the victims uh by pursuing the truth and again hoping that ultimately we're wrong because it no one wants to be this cynical to think that you know you would you would um um basically sacrifice a hundred or maybe who knows what the final death count will be that you would right, sacrifice right. lives in order to pursue either a green agenda or or just gobble up property, you know, at fire sale prices, literally. You're right, right, and 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 that's a very valid point. I I uh, I appreciate your uh, your feedback there because you're you're a legend in this realm. You've been studying this stuff a lot longer than I have, and and you're right. Like there is no need to sort of apologize. I, I guess I I guess I just I just want to make sure that people, because there has been a weird push in the last couple of years and i promise we're going to get to maui here in about five seconds <laughs> there's been a push in the last like maybe five years that i think on purpose and coordinated to make conspiracy theorists sort of look distasteful and disrespectful and um i, I just want to make sure that everyone's yeah. on the same page as, as you and i are surely on um but let, let's talk about maui let's talk about okay. the anomalies the uh you know everyone knows the sort of official story at least what they're being told on the news and stuff. Right. And there's, you know, Maui's world has a world famous alarm system, like the largest alarm system in the world for some kind of natural disaster or even a, a, a nuclear attack, uh, because it infamously went off a few years ago inadvertently. Um, ironically, my, my niece was in Maui when that happened, um, a few years ago. And she said it was absolutely terrifying as you could think it would be. Right. This was around the same time that North Korea was launching um, missiles to test, you know, their nuke delivery system. So, yeah, everyone was on Tinder hooks at that time. Right. Right. And, you know, this fire went on for roughly four hours. The alarm never went off, which a lot of people say, hey, what's the purpose of having the alarm if it doesn't go off? Right. Makes sense. Another anomaly is that the the Maui County Fire Department 
apparently declared it 100% contained before 9 a.m., and it proceeded to go on for another three hours. Why the premature announcement? And another strange anomaly is that the water, from what I can tell, the water for, uh, for the like the fire hydrants was not operating as well as residential hoses because and, and again some of this is a little more dicey because it's tiktok videos i mean any any nut job can get on tiktok but there's residents that seem pretty honest and genuine they're saying hey I, I was actually hosing down my water to make or my uh, grass to keep the flames away and the water just shut off could there be an explanation for that when uh, uh, maybe a lot of people were using water i don't know but there's there's if you go back to 2020 they had a study on the 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 county of maui or maybe it was the state of hawaii i'm not sure because you know hawaii is comprised of multiple islands right and the study was saying that that they expected in maui particularly for there to be um wildfire problems on a regular basis due to the dried grasses that you you know you mentioned in the intro there and there was a company called the West Maui Land Company, which manages the water supply for the area. And they had sent a letter based upon this report from 2020 that said, hey, you're going to have all these wildfire problems. Well, this this water supply company wrote a letter to the Hawaii Commission on Water Resource Management saying, hey, we need to make sure we have the ability to divert water in case we need to fight fires, or these wildfires. And they apparently dismissed it and and disregarded it so now this uh you know this person glenn tremble i believe his name is uh is talking about like hey like if this would have happened this, this would have went through we would have been better off uh so you just have little things about the water that's like one component another component is that the schools apparently let the children go home early i i think it was because of the fire yes but of course all the the adults were working so tragically right. We don't know what happened with these children um, because they, they, they haven't had the final counts of all the fatalities from this thing yet. So, I mean, that's a little odd that you would prematurely send children home. I don't know. I mean, the implication there is pretty dark if, you know, if you go to right. that Or route. at the very least, it it adds up to gross negligence and incompetence, which is also criminal. Uh, so right, either way, right. it's, it's pointing to, you know, uh, bad decisions, whether they were, you know, there was a sinister motive or not, that's also worth exploring. Um, because I, I think our, our rulers have deserved our mistrust. Uh, and right. so the, the fact that people automatically jump to these sinister motives or thinking about a conspiracy, um, I mean, it's fine to shoot them down and say, well, that's just, you know, that's speculation or whatever, but it, it speaks to a, you know, the big picture here is, Right now, the vast majority of people do not trust, you know, the rulers, our rulers or our elected representatives who are acting more like our rulers. That's to me, the, one of the big takeaways here. Uh, you mentioned the, um, the uh, alarms uh, not going off. I, one, of the, one of the explanations I'd heard, and to me, it sounds plausible, I suppose. I don't know. They were concerned that if they 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 sounded the evacuation alarms, people would flee their homes and and they would basically head up into the uh, the hills directly into the fire. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's it sounds I agree somewhat plausible. I don't, 
and look, I, I don't work emergency management. I don't know what makes the most sense, but I, when you look at the images and, you know, with Lahaina, the city where this happened, there's basically one road that goes through Lahaina and you've got, you know, restaurants and houses on both sides. And then you've got the beach fairly close to that road. If people in the fire, looks like it pretty much just rolled down the housing and main street, their front street or whatever it's called. Um, so I would think that, well, even if they went up the mountain, wouldn't that have been safer? I mean, surely anywhere but in the line of fire is a safer place. And to add to that, there was people there who uh, multiple eyewitness reports that say the police had blocked off the roads physically yes. so that they couldn't get out. I mean, there's one road in and out. And and, and, that, and that the the one guy said that I saw said, yeah, the police were blocking the road. I said, why are you blocking the road from it? to keep us from leaving he said i'm just taking orders and when you look at there's a the police chief of uh, maui is john pelletier and yeah. a lot of conspiracy theorists are pointing out the fact that this was also a it, they say that he was the police chief of las vegas when the concert shooting in 2017 happened he wasn't the police chief but he was what they called the incident commander on yes. the strip yeah obviously a high position regardless and has that been confirmed? It's it's the same character. Yeah, it's the same guy. And in November of 21 is when he transferred over to Maui. And it's I read that he's the first non-Hawaiian native police chief of Maui, which is kind of a red flag a little bit. And I went on his LinkedIn page and it says that he graduated from the FBI National Academy, which a lot of conspiracy people anytime you throw in an fbi or cia or an intelligence tag they rightfully so start questioning you know because there's a and, and like you said it's i hate to be the guy who's sort of pointing fingers at some of these institutions but when they've lied to us in the past i don't know how you cannot at least consider it uh, you know, the FBI had the COINTELPRO where they were doing surveillance on, uh, you know, civil rights movement leaders that we, you know, we have we have a whole, you know, Martin Luther King Day now. And it's like they were doing surveillance and trying to get this guy in trouble. They were so writing like, how are letters these trying to convince him to commit suicide. Yeah. And like trying to expose him as an adulterer and all these things. And you think, well, geez, I mean, whose side are they on? So and then, you know, you could do a whole hours and hours shows on the intelligence agencies but they they all tie into the occult uh going back to john d and and queen elizabeth mm -hmm. and all that uh and we, we will touch on some occult ideas with the star of sirius but the um yeah, anyway so like the police also you know they have that connection of blocking the people from from getting out and they, they say they were taking orders well who would you take orders from of course the police chief who was also uh a prominent figure down at that that concert shooting where they still to this day don't have a motive that they've released or any idea why this guy did what he did. Yeah. To me, that is, I mean, we, the same character who is sort of in charge of the emergency response or the incident manager for the worst mass shooting in American history now suddenly is the police chief where we have the worst uh, death toll from a, a natural disaster in the state's history. I mean, the same guy. Coincidence? Yeah, what are the odds, right? Yeah. Yeah, they never made a determination on that 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 Las Vegas um, concert. Uh, you know, and and a lot of people say that 
there's ritualistic elements to both of these things. And you could argue that because it was called the Harvest Festival, uh, you could argue that the Maui fires, which took place on August 8th, is also got a ritualistic element to it. Uh, I mean, I guess we could talk about that now. Yeah. I don't want to segue too hard over, but the there's when you look at the occult in terms of the, the occult, you have to understand the idea of a ritual, a mass ritual. It's a psychodrama enacted upon one, two, ten, hundred, a thousand, a million people. Uh, we all know from the pandemic of 2020, there's many anomalies there and many elements that just so happen to coincide with the ideas of a ritual of um, having periods of isolation and uh, purification and then reborn into the new world. Right. You know, they, they kept telling you it's. Uh, with 9-11 was the same thing it was like oh the world changed forever they made sure to plant that in your head like a mantra well on august 8th the um is when is officially when the the fire happened uh caused by hurricane dora i mean there's all these reasons for it but anyway august 8th was also considered the lion's gate portal opening in astrology and astrology I know a lot of people probably think of astrology and they think of magazines and newspapers where they tell you how your day is going to go or whatever, but these all have ties to the occult sciences and it's the oldest form of occult art or magic or science or whatever you want to call it. And it basically, it goes back to Babylon, mystery Babylon, which is where all the ideas that I find about the Illuminati, it goes back to the ideas of mystery Babylon and we're talking about the Babylonian stargazers who were the first astrologers. They looked to the skies, the stars, and they they bought into different ideas of alchemy and 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 speaking to gods like Hermes Trismegistus. And you know, it gets really deep and complicated pretty quick. Um, but the the Babylonian stargazers were the first astrologers, basically, and they believed that there is a connection between what happens here on earth and things that happen out in the cosmos and, and in the universe. And with the right practices and ritual magic and uh, all kinds of things, you could affect the world we live in by doing rituals here on Earth. You know, that's a short version. Right. Well, Lion Lionsgate Portal was an opening that happened on August 8th. And they believed that this portal was open for a couple of weeks and that was the, the point of maximum opening. And they believed that there's this sort of cosmic energy held up in the stars which is very astrological uh yeah astrologically sort of motivated there but the alignments with the star Sirius made it extra special and you know Sirius which is the known as the Alpha Canis Majoris or the dog star which is where you get the the term dog days of summer it happens mm -hmm. in August uh because of Sirius being the brightest star in the night sky well Sirius plays a prominent role in occultism because the ancient Egyptians, which again, that's where a lot of these concepts, they, they go through mystery Babylon, ancient Egypt, and, um, you know, all those, you know, Rome and Greece and all those things like Pythagoras used to go around and synthesize different mystery religion beliefs uh, over there. So back then, the ancient Egyptians, they venerated Sirius as the you know, they would personify different stars and planets as gods and goddesses. So they personified Sirius as the agricultural goddess. And when the star would rise in August, 
that's when the Nile would be flooded and they would celebrate that because with the flooding of the Nile comes, you know, good crops, which signified life. Right. Uh, now, what's what's interesting is that when you get into studying these occult groups, you find that they all sort of have some kind of belief in Sirius that's very important to them. For instance, in Freemasonry, they call Sirius the blazing star. And if you look at lodges, they will always have an icon of what, you know, it looks like a sun with sun rays, but you find out that's actually serious. And the Babylonians, they called it the, the sun behind the sun, which that phrase represents the occult uh, belief in the, the occult powers. Cause occult is Latin for hidden. So to say that it's the sun behind the sun you, is like saying that's the true source of magical powers. Uh, that's the true God in a way. And all these prominent occultists like Aleister Crowley, he created, you know, he created religions like Thelema and he had a magical uh, initiation group called the Argentum Astrum, which means silver star. And the silver star he's referencing is, of course, Sirius. And, you know, Kenneth Grant, I, I don't want to get too deep in it, but one of his like real close acolytes was saying that Crowley's religion of Thelema uh, the current or, or like the magical energy came from Sirius. So I'm just throwing out different, there's different occultists, you know, Albert Pike, Helena Blavatsky. They all have these stories about how Sirius is the source of what they call the Luciferian wisdom. And they think that what they can do is unlock hidden magical energies through Sirius. Uh, some go as far as to say they can open up this portal to, to release entities into our world i mean it, it, you can go way down the rabbit hole on this but right just let it be known that sirius is an important star august 8th was a very important date for sirius and as well as astrology with the uh, lion's gate portal opening up isaac we'll take a quick time out we'll come back and uh, discuss the uh, devastation of the maui fires when we come back isaac weishaupt is the Illuminati, Illuminati Watcher, IlluminatiWatcher.com. The website, the podcast is Occult Symbolism and Pop Culture. Back with more of our conversation right after these. The truth will set you free. free, free. But first, it will really tick you off. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. And we are back with Isaac Weishaupt, IlluminatiWatcher.com, IlluminatiWatcher.com. And uh, can we subscribe to Occult Symbolism and Pop Culture right from the website? Uh, yes, sir. So you can go to you know Apple Podcast app. You can go to Spotify. Uh, you, you can get it on pretty much every podcast platform, or you can just go to IlluminatiWatcher.com, stream it right from the website through my Spreaker uh, embedded links. Uh, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. So wherever people like to consume their podcast content, I'm there. So the timing of the Maui fire um, that just destroyed the the historic town of Lahaina, which I as I, as I understand was once the capital of the kingdom of hawaii before the united states sort of expropriated and then they forcibly moved the capital to uh, honolulu so um a lot of that prime real estate along the ocean there in maui was owned and operated by sort of native hawaiians um and their neighbors you know people like jeff bezos and oprah winfrey and lady gaga and 
uh, I think Julia Roberts and and um, I don't think it's any secret that a, a company like BlackRock or Vanguard would love to get their hands on that property. Uh, and we'll come around back to that in a moment. So the timing, tying into this occult um, connection with uh, the the Egyptian goddess Sirius and, um, as you mentioned, the dog days of summer refer to the uh, Sirius, the star, the this twin star system. Um, so help me out here. Let's assume that this was a deliberate uh, act, act to set this fire and the timing of it. Was it to uh, offer up sacrifices to Sirius? What, what would the motivation uh, be then? So, and, and I, I, I mentioned this briefly, but with the ideas of mass rituals, you know, 9-11 is one of the most famous sort of proclaimed mass rituals which i actually i actually seen enough on i did like five episodes on 9-11 deep diving it and there's so much there it's you know the maui fire is similar to me in in my mind that i think man there's there's a lot of weird things going on here there's there's something happening that we're not being told the truth august 8th was the day that it happened and any mass ritual the dates and the astrological alignments are very important so the eight is actually the infinity symbol so that means if you subscribe to gematria, you know, numerology, uh, there's various terms for this idea, but the, uh, what do you call it? Like, I think it's like synchro mysticism. The eight and the infinity is tied to symb- symbolically tied to sex, death, and regeneration, which if you like any ritual, you are trying to cause a change in society, a change in the world. And you need people to under not not necessarily understand it on a conscious level, but at least on a subconscious level, people need to be prepared for a big change. The fact that Lahaina is the center of the Hawaiian kingdom, and you've got a lot of native Hawaiians who owned a lot of properties there, and you could are and and we, we could talk real estate because I think to me that's the most plausible part of this because I do think there's BlackRock and Vanguard interest involved here it's almost like preparing them to understand that look this is the new world order we are now moving in and taking this over you've had your time and and you're you're going to move along here uh because with any ritual it's trying to basically open the eyes of the initiate Uh, that's what the freemasons do they have a hoodwink on when they go through the ritual and then symbolically it's like removed and it's like okay your eyes are now open. This is the new world. Because when you talk about real estate, all the fingers point to the sort of usual suspects. You mentioned all these celebrities. Uh, there's a ton of celebrities that own land on Maui. And I've got a, like, a short list here. So Oprah, I think she owns the most acreage. She has a thousand acres, which is, I think, roughly a square mile. That's you know nothing to sneeze at. That's a lot of land. And their all their properties were untouched, untouched. Yes, all the celebrity land was untouched. Uh, and and to be fair, if you want to put on the rational cap, I mean Maui's a fairly big island. I mean, is that possible that none of the celebrity homes got damaged? I mean, I guess. Uh, Mick Fleetwood's restaurant did burn down. It was on Lahaina Front Street. So I mean, they didn't all go unfazed. But uh, Oprah owns the most land, from what I could tell. Steven Tyler, Owen Wilson. Woody Harrelson, Willie Nelson, uh, Jim Carrey, and and some of those people are sort of quasi red pill folks that mm-hmm. have 
you know, Jim Carrey's one that goes back and forth. And I think, man, is this guy trying to sort of expose some things that he's witnessed? And, you know, Woody, uh, he he's kind of a legend for, you know, he went on SNL recently and said a lot of things that for sure really got him in trouble. Uh, and, and, you know, Willie Nelson, of course. But Peter Thiel, the guy who founded PayPal, he had the most expensive home in Maui. He lived in McKenna, which is sort of south of Kihei. And the fires got as close as 10 miles from his home. Uh, Jeff Bezos, he bought uh, 14 acres. They were about 20 miles south of the fires. Uh, Larry Ellison bought a whole bunch of land there. And, uh, you know, like I said, Mick Fleetwood owns a, a home there. I don't know how his home fared or if he lives in Lahaina or not, but his restaurant, I heard that burned down. But the real estate, you know, because Lahaina has... I don't know if it's the most expensive real estate on the planet, but it's close. It's up there. It's I think it's the most expensive real estate in America. Uh, the average home price is over a million dollars. The it takes te- I've read it takes ten years to build a home if you have a raw piece of land in Maui, uh, due to regulatory red tape and uh, you know getting the I don't know, and and then you've got the you've got to get the materials onto the island because Hawaii's literally in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's, pretty far from everything uh but if you look at so so we talked about all these celebrities you know oprah owns a thousand acres but if you look to there's a company called alexander and baldwin they own sixty-five thousand acres in hawaii they're the largest uh single landowner of hawaii and they originated from this thing they call the big five it's like a sugar processing conglomerate that actually got labeled an oligarchy uh because a lot of people said you know in, in greek it means rule of, by the few it's the elites it's the mm-hmm. 0.1 percent and it's these you know old monopoly guys and uh you know they get a lot of grief for sort of colonizing the land and, and turning it into sugar plantations well those sugar plantations because all these things start to connect right the sugar plantations planted a lot of non-native grasses because they were trying to have Uh, from what i heard cows forage on the land and these non-native grasses are very dry and combustible and they spread easily and when the sugar processing factories started closing down uh, because things started turning more into tourism in maui these grasses sort of got grown out of control and they cover up to a third of the land of maui now and that was part of that 2020 report where scientists said hey we're going to have this real problem on Maui with wildfires and these grasses are going to exacerbate it. Yeah, it's not uh, dissimilar to the problem with the forest fires in on the mainland. And that is um, uh, they don't do those controlled burns anymore to get rid of a lot of the the fuel, the dead wood, the kindling that's, you know, that falls the dead trees and twigs and so forth, which is just poor forest management. Um, and then, you know, people talking about all oh, climate change and drought those grasses, they, they dry out in a matter of hours. I mean, from my understanding, Maui had a particularly wet spring, actually. So the, it wasn't a drought condition. They had those, but those, even with a lot of precipitation, those grasses are just dry all the time. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there because that's one yeah. of the, you know, the, the explanations. Oh, this is climate change. We, uh, you know, meanwhile, a lot of the forest fires in Yellowknife, they just evacuated arson. We don't know what's happening in Kelowna, but it could be arson. Hard to say. Anyway, I don't. I'm sorry, I interrupted your chain of thought there. But we were talking about this oligarchy that sort of abandoned uh, a lot of this farmland where these grasses were growing, and that was 
that was the problem with the the wildfire. Yes, the 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 idea of the oligarchy because like with, when it comes to the climate change thing, I'm on the fence with climate change. I when I when I went to college for engineering, I remember uh, Penn State had a professor there, and, and I watched this whole presentation about climate change. And we're going back, you know, pre post red pill days for me. So this is in the 2000s. And I was pretty convinced about climate change based on the sciences. And I'm not a climate change scientist. So there's things that I don't fully understand. But over the years, I've sort of I've sort of vacillated. And now I'm kind of the point where I'm like, man, I don't really know. But I do know that and what I hate about this is that science is sort of bought and paid for by whoever's got the most money. So when people immediately say, oh, the wildfires are happened because of climate change. Look, I'm not saying I don't believe in climate change entirely, but I do question. It's like, how do you know that? Like, why are we jumping right to that? Right. And and I don't know. So that's why I I kind of dodge the climate change issue, because, you know, if, if you talk to a scientist that could really pick apart the data, you could argue that, yeah, that's a thing that's happening. I mean, we should take care of our planet anyway. Right. But regard, you're right. Absolutely. But regardless. Fire- uh, forest fires are down. Burn acreage is down. It has been down, um, but oh, okay. that's not the yeah. That's not the narrative that they're uh, they're pushing. They're they're trying to make it sound like whenever you look at a, a graph, it's always important the start date. Why did they pick the start date? Why did they start measuring from 1972 or whatever? It's it's very telling because you have to look at okay, right. what happened before? So when you say you know we have a lot of forest fires, well, compared to what? The Earth's temperature is rising compared to when, right? Right. Most temperatures started, um, the official temperature re- recording started around 1850, which is very important because that's the end of the Little Ice Age. So naturally, one would expect, you know, after 1850, you're going to have a, a period of warming. You're coming out of an ice age. Anyway, once more, I digress. But Yeah, it, it's, also, it's also confusing to me. And what I don't like is where they want to, they want to use even if if climate change is a real thing, we'll say it is for argument's sake. I don't like necessarily where they're taking it because where that takes us. I've read a bunch of the Klaus Schwab Great Reset books. Well, two of them. I read the uh, the pandemic one he wrote, and then I re- I read the Fourth Industrial Revolution that he wrote a few years prior. The technocracy. What they want is a technocracy where we blindly believe in science as the truth which is fine. Science is great. I actually, you know, I studied engineering. I've, I've got a master's from Penn state in systems engineering. So like, I know, I know science. I, I got a math minor, like science is good. The problem is there's financial interests that can manipulate the data to support their agenda. And I think that's what Klaus Schwab and the grit and the world economic forum, uh, they, they want to make it, they're always pushing for surveillance. That's what they ultimately want. You know, that was one of the theories about Maui is they said, oh, they want to turn it into a smart city. And I I dug into that. I don't know. There there's some presentations and ideas that suggested that, yes, they were looking at sort of having more renewable energies and electric cars. I, I didn't see anything that specifically because the sources that I've seen on social media and uh, a lot of the conspiracy theory circuits, they point to sort of disparate ideas and presentations. and when I dug into those presentations, a lot of them, I thought, man, that doesn't really line up with what the theory is here. I don't know if that makes sense. I can go into it deeper, but that'll you know, take another 10 minutes, but that's all right. We'll, we'll take a time out. It's a good time to, to break away, come back. And uh, we can pick up on this idea of 
clearing the land to create a, a 15 minute city part of the, the Great Reset. Isaac Weishaupt is here, IlluminatiWatcher.com, and you can subscribe to the podcast, Occult Symbolism and Pop Culture, back with more of our conversation right after these. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. We're now crossing a zone of turbulence. Please return your seats and food trays to their upright position and make sure your carry-on luggage is safely stowed. You're about to leave everything you know behind. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Strange Planet. We're back with Isaac Weishaupt, IlluminatiWatcher.com. And uh, the podcast is Occult Symbolism and pop culture he's also the author of a grand unified conspiracy theory the dark path and kubrick's code and we're talking about the maui uh, wildfire which happened back on august the 8th over 100 confirmed dead uh, over a thousand i believe still unaccounted for something like 2,000 buildings destroyed and um the uh, the conspiracy theory is almost uh, raging as wildly as the fire itself that consumed that uh, historic town um get, we were talking about this theory that there were i think back in january of this year and then also next month there were conferences scheduled on the island of maui um this idea of embracing the 15-minute city which again is a red flag for many people uh, in terms of loss of liberty controlling the mobility of people um you know, checkpoints and and uh, no vehicles allowed outside of a certain quadrant and so forth, uh, all tied into, you know, a digital ID and maybe a digital currency and tracking your movements. Um, so what did you find when you looked into this that that there's there is or isn't a connection, do you think? There, there could be, but it, to me, it wasn't the biggest red flag. If you look at the idea of a smart city, this actually goes back to the Clinton Foundation they were working with Cisco to talk about building these uh, systems of systems, right? It's the idea that you could make a city very efficient for energy usage by a variety of things. You could argue that this is the the coffin apartments that we we always hear theories about, uh, but it, it, that's a very that's a very um, I don't want to say possible theory. That that's a thing that really exists. That's not even a theory that. There is a desire to create what they call smart cities where there's minimal sort of, uh, you know, greenhouse gases being used and and all those sounds great. Like, I'm actually yeah. OK with all those things. The yeah, problem is high density living, public transit yeah. and, and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, like, I'm, I'm cool. It's like, do, can we find a way to lower the pollution and, and the usage of uh, fossil fuels? I, I'm cool with that. The problem is when you expand out all these ideas they always have good thoughts behind it and the people who end up supporting it have good motivations the problem is the elites the control system they love the idea of having a technology i th I, I think london's a good example there's a couple sort of smart city examples out there where they use surveillance and digital ai control and facial recognition and this is all part of the 5G thing. That's the whole, they call it the Internet of Things because they want everything and everybody connected to the Internet and artificial intelligence. 
And ultimately what we're talking about is the invasion of privacy. And it's always going to be for, you know, it's always for these supposed causes of, you know, safety. It's like, we're always exchanging our privacy for safety, quote unquote. And it's like safety from who exactly? Like, sure. There's other nutty people we need protection from uh, that walk among us, but the powers that be and the institutions that be sometimes they're the people who we need protection from. And, and that ties me into the real estate idea because Governor Josh Green, he, um, the governor of Hawaii, just last month in July of 23, he passed this emergency proclamation. And I read through it. It's a PDF presentation direct from his uh, from the government of Hawaii website. And the emergency was called. They said the emergency is that Hawaii has the most unaffordable housing market in the United States. It's unaffordable for common people to to live there and work there and live amongst their families. Um, there, there's concern about Native Hawaiians. There's more Native Hawaiians living in a in mainland USA than in Hawaii, which is mm-hmm. I agree. It's like man, that that's that, you know they should be able to live amongst their families and stuff, right? the The proclamation that he made, the emergency proclamation, pushed this idea of creating faster and cheaper housing in Hawaii because, like I said earlier. It takes about 10 years to build a house from what I've read. That's a long time. And especially when you think about these these poor people in Lahaina that lost their homes, I don't know what they're going to do. These these people are 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 not going to be doing too good. Well, apparently years, the insurance I mean, companies are giving them grief and saying that there were some building code violations and so they may not be covered and uh now all of a sudden you have real estate companies um like talk about, you know, uh bad timing, not even waiting, you know, the body is not even cold metaphorically right. speaking and the real estate agents are already making offers on the property absolutely you know, swooping in like vultures and and i i hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist but i think that there is something here because uh that that emergency proclamation they the the proposition that they they passed was that they want to make housing faster and cheaper to build through this program they call the Build Beyond Barriers. It's a working group, right? And they were the ones that would review housing propositions and decide whether or not they would be able to get accelerated. Now, this group, this working group, consists of about 12 government uh, organizations or people and then about 12 non-government organizations or people, representatives, I should say, or stakeholders. And when you look at the list, one name that sticks out on the non-government representative side as part of this working group that has to approve the housing is Hawaiian Electric. And Hawaiian Electric is the electrical company on Maui who is all over, they're they're in hot water, right? They're all over the news because they uh, apparently, allegedly, weren't maintaining the trees and the grasses around their own electrical poles like they were supposed to be doing. And then on top of that, they never de-energized the electrical transmission wires and towers and all that when the fire was happening, which is what they were supposed to do. Um, and, and that's all mainstream media news. There's no denying that that's what really happened there. Right. They were supposed to cut the power during high winds for fear that if the power lines came down, which they did, that they would set off these these grass fires. Although they're arguing, uh, well, we're kind of damned if we do, damned if we don't, because if we did cut the power, you need the power to run the water supply. So, Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's a fair uh, that's a fair counterpoint. The the if you if you stick with the theory that they kept them energized on purpose, 
the top two shareholders of Hawaiian Electric. Number one is Vanguard with 11%. Mm. BlackRock is number two with 8%. So we're talking roughly 20% of the company is owned by those two major, uh, I don't know what you call them, like investment firms or whatever. And they right. they have their fingers in all the pies. They own a little bit of everything. They're major shareholders in, I mean, almost every corporation that exists. Uh, so, and then you got all the videos of testimony of these people whose homes have burned down that say, look, I'm getting calls from realtors trying to buy my land. Are they all connected? I mean, I think so. I think they are. I, I think if, if, whether or not this was a ritual done on purpose or on accident, or maybe it was a unfortunate circumstance that they thought maybe they could take advantage of. I mean, I, I just don't trust, I don't trust anyone with that much wealth like Vanguard and BlackRock. Well, uh, yeah, our suspicions are uh, well-founded and whether it's a case of they made it happen, which may be stretching credulity, you know, this talk about directed energy weapons. I don't believe that. My understanding is what little I do know about lasers. I mean, if you're going to try and um, the, the, the technology exists, obviously you can start a fire with a laser, but if they're stationed, you know, you know, in, in outer space, the attenuation because of the atmosphere, it wouldn't be possible. Also that type of technology would be unseen to the human eye. It would be operating in the infrared spectrum. So you wouldn't see it. And all these videos purporting to show, you know, lasers, those were either photoshopped or it's lens flare or something. But again, the question, whether they made it happen, uh, I, I will suspend my disbelief, I guess, but I, I, um, I'd have to see some definitive proof there, or they let it happen, which is far more likely, or they're glad it happened, which is, I think probably where I would, uh, place my bets. They're glad it happened. Right. And and you bring up a good point about the insurance companies. That was actually one of one of my major sticking points was I, I have a, a, a certain amount of uh distaste for insurance companies because you know they act like when the insurance companies find a space non-viable to cover, like uh, homes in Florida and California right now, apparently there's a whole issue where the the insurance companies don't want to insure these homes, then the government has to step in because the government I don't know if it's the government that mandates you have home insurance, but you know, surely there's requirements there and the government has to sort of socialize insurance for a while. And then once it becomes profitable, then here come the insurance companies again, you know, and it's like, what are we doing here? And then, hmm. you know, when the presidents get elected, the first companies they visit are the insurance companies. Cause they're the number one political contributor. If you go to like open secrets website, you'll, you can narrow it right down there. It's, it's the insurance companies. So, I mean, what a racket, right? So mm -hmm. to, to hear that they're trying to get out of paying for these homes, of course, that's, you know, that's what they do. It's like a, the grift of all grifts is insurance. So yeah, it's, it's pretty awful. You know, it's, it's awful because you would want them to be, to be the company that says, oh, this is a horrible tragedy. Let's find a way to try to get these, these folks the help they need. They've been paying us these premiums all these years and, and they just don't, they won't do it. No, they'll look for a technicality to get themselves off the hook and then um, they'll end up paying something, but they'll probably take a loss. And of course, they'll go cap in hand to the to the government saying, bail us right. out. We're too big to fail. Well, they're all questions uh, that deserve and need to be asked. And um, I don't know whether we'll get to the bottom of this somehow. Sadly, I doubt it. The same way we didn't get to the bottom of the uh, the mass shooting in Las Vegas uh, and so many other <laughs> Big questions that remain uh, unanswered, but um, 
uh, sometimes it's just important to ask the questions and put those out there on the record. Isaac, always appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I love coming on your show. Appreciate that. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 